Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pocket Rocket podcast in the series Pandora's Box. Um, If you've been listening for all of our other episodes, you'll know that we've had a whole range of guests on and we've had quite a few coaches on. However, um, one area that we haven't looked at and we haven't spoken to someone in this kind of area is the more muscular scale of the female categories. more specifically I'm talking about uh, WPD and so therefore Mads and I were talking and we were like well we have to get Sarah on the podcast so hello ladies hello good afternoon it is still afternoon isn't it nice to um, virtually meet you as well Sarah because as we were discussing before this I think everybody talks on Instagram so much and we all think we know each other so well but we don't actually meet each other so I think this is the first yeah. time we've actually virtually met so hello sure. hello yeah <laughs> hello yeah it's mad isn't it but yeah it's uh, it's good to be back on obviously me and Hannah have done a couple two three podcasts together and it's uh it's good to be back on sort of representing WPD in all its glory amazing um so I'm sure lots of people will have kind of a real interest in the category um, and obviously you've been um, on the circuit for quite some years now. Um, so do you want to just give a little brief overview of where you've kind of like obviously you turned pro um, in the UK here and then what you've been doing since then? Yeah, so uh, obviously, like I said, I turned pro uh, at the British a year ago, um, which was awesome. Turned pro in WPD, obviously started in train figure and kind of worked my way up. Uh, and then last year I made my pro debut in the States uh, in Reno, Nevada, which was awesome. Did the Legions Festival. Um, little did I know when I applied for it and signed my contract for it, it was as big as it was. I just thought it was like one of the smaller IFBB shows, um, but it's like up there with one of the biggest, which was amazing. Um, placed second, which was absolutely mad. Like now I think about it, it, it was quite an achievement. Obviously at the time I was a little bit sort of uh, missed it just because of certain things that happened last year obviously I can go over them in a bit but it was uh it was an amazing year to be uh, a UKWPD girl and represent the UK as well and actually show the Americans that there is a little bit of talent over in the UK so it was really cool and like the American scene is mad so yes yeah, so we did the um play second in that one um the experience was mad and then I was going to do uh Romania but I actually just pulled out because my mental health took quite a large hit during that prep um but I learned so much from that prep and sort of the experiences that I can take going into this season this year. It's like absolutely mad. So it's been for the first year as a pro, it's been mad. And I have learned so many things from being a pro and knowing who sort of is on the circuit now, who's probably about to leave. Because obviously WPD like is a little bit different from other categories in the sense that a lot of the women are way way older so I was I think the youngest to that show at Legions and I think the oldest was 51 52 and yeah like some of these women are just absolutely incredible because I think the lady that beat me Yvonne nicest woman on the on the planet like and she was I think she was 45 43 or something like that and these are just seasoned women like they just sort of they probably just rock up to these shows like, oh just another one to take off the list you know like and I was with a lady backstage and I've, I've spoken about this lady so many times on podcasts but she was called Mary Power 
And we just kind of commandeered this space behind the stage. And we spent the entire day just talking about her, her life and bodybuilding and things like that. And it's just the fact that these women just go because they absolutely love the sport. Like they just live, breathe bodybuilding. They get up on stage. They enjoy it. They love seeing the youth come through. Like the amount of good things I heard from these women and the amount of just time that we had together to talk and so I could just suck all the experience out of these women and and know where I wanted to go into this year like it was such an amazing experience and these women are just absolutely insane human beings and and I think again like because they are older they can ju- they just have that experience and they can just spread it and, and let let us young'uns coming through actually learn a little bit and develop ourselves to to try and represent the older women that are slowly retiring um and give them you know give breathe the sport through these older women in our in our in our own kind of ways so yeah it was a brilliant season lots learned lots of other things learned that I think we can do differently this year but yeah it was a it's a brilliant it was a brilliant year to be honest I I can imagine as well with WPD and probably as a bit of a standalone because of the amount of muscularity you need for the class like you say like most of these women are older they've been doing this a long time because of the time it takes to accrue that amount of muscle and I imagine the like camaraderie backstage around the athletes is actually so nice because I imagine it's slightly, I'm not going to say less competitive because every class is competitive, but actually quite friendly because people, they've been doing this so long and they're actually just super passionate about yeah. building muscle and, and displaying it as opposed yeah. to potentially, and this is like obviously no, no disrespect to like maybe the smaller categories where they've got a lot of younger athletes, which can be a lot more competitive and in, in like an internal competitive kind of standpoint where everyone's a bit like frisky against each other because yeah. you know they all want to win and I think that there's something really nice about that like longevity with that and the respect that maybe you all have for each other because of how long it's taken you to be able yeah. to actually achieve that level of like muscularity and therefore be at the place that you are so I think there's like a different level of respect probably internally for for you athletes I imagine for sure for sure and I think like because these women are older when they see uh, like a young person coming through they kind of like oh like one to watch one to watch you know because of how long it has taken these women to grow to the point that they have I mean I think I was up against three or four Olympians and don't get me wrong like these women were big they're mature like mature muscularity is is mental like I look very fresh when I stand next to one of these ladies that spent years and years building the physique she has and I you know I will get there one day but when Yvonne won it is just simply because she's older she has slightly nicer shape than I did she was bigger fuller and that will come with time and I know exactly what I need to work on but again like age is is very important in this in this category and in any other category really in order to progress forward I just need to repeat rinse repeat repeat rinse repeat as I grow up and eventually I'll I'll get there just you know bodybuilding some math and not a, not a sprint so it will come but yeah it was just amazing for reference, so- Sarah um for people who don't know how old are you 26 yeah so that's incredible absolutely yeah. incredible yeah. I'm not surprised you didn't it's amazing isn't it <laughs> you've literally got a shit ton of muscle as well yeah. absolutely so hench it's amazing I think it's incredible yeah. I love it but I love bodybuilding like I've got massive respect for that because yeah. and and Hannah and Hannah does as well because it doesn't matter what category you do if you love it and you train hard every single day and your desire is just to build as much tissue as you can for whatever category it is you just have to respect the amount of muscle that you have and how hard that is to build. Um, and I think that's probably why some people, and I'm sure you'll you'll touch on this, Sarah, but some people just don't get it. 
Like some people just yeah. don't get your category. They don't get what you do because they they don't necessarily pursue the, the way that we do, pursue muscle the way that we do. And I think that yeah. I, I respect it so much. I think it's incredible because I know how oh, hard it is. You. Yeah, I, this is, I mean, I could go off on a massive tangent here, but this is one thing that I, like, I need to and want to change, obviously with a, a few other girls in the UK division of WPD scene, is the fact that WPD is swept under the radar. And I think us women who work, don't, not saying that other categories don't work as hard as we do, but we're not given the stage. Like I absolutely love the stage. That's where I'm, I'm an introvert by heart, but like the minute I'm on stage, I just absolutely love it. Like that's where I belong. That's my purpose. That's why I'm on this planet is to do or to be involved with bodybuilding, be in WPD. But the fact that we have to travel miles and miles in order to show and be on stage and really give give people a, a, a you know give people the experience of WPD is is really sad because these women need a stage to show their hard work and you know like you said we rinse and repeat the same thing and you know it's it's prep is not easy off season's not easy we do it because we love it but because we're losing out on stage time it's kind of upsetting because people don't get to have a look at how beautiful these women are you know like we're not given the the platform to really display our hard work and it is upsetting and it will change because I'll do whatever I can to make sure it changes but the fact that you know if you're not in into the sport like you said Mads you don't really oh it's just a muscular woman like I don't really like looking at that you know like whereas these women have grafted and grafted for years and years and years but only to have the stage taken away from them because it's not socially acceptable. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I, I think when, like you said, Mans, when you're in it, you, you respect how hard it is. But when you're not, it's very hard to see how much time and effort goes into being a woman with muscle. I think people need to realise as well, like, I think when people enter this sport and they don't really know what category you want to do, but they like looking at people on Instagram and they look quite fit and they're lean and they've got a bit of muscle and they think it's quite sexy and they'll start a plan or they'll do something to work towards maybe that kind of visual goal and they'll be like oh but I don't want to get too big like I look at that and I don't want to look like that and I'm like trust me right <laughs> you will never look like that <laughs> mm. I don't want to get too like big that. you know that is impossible like, the only yeah. way you are going to look like that is if you came to me or another coach and said make me look like that and 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 plan me out the next five to ten years to mm. achieve that look that likely we'll talk about it will involve taking steroids will, in, will involve PEDs it will involve consistency every single day for the next five to ten years oh, all yeah. right okay yeah that's probably not what I'm going to be doing okay so you're not going to like that so people have this perception that they lift a few weeks and they're just going to like a WPD athlete like no that is not the reality like the amount mm -hmm. of work you have to do to achieve that is just crazy so I mean if we just compare it to like one of the uh, lower muscular classes bikini as we've touched upon quite a few times Mads people go year after year after year and they expect change and then actually if you look back and you compare your pictures there's very little change and that's for very very good reason and um, you can't just piss about in your off season and have like three or four months five six if you're you're really pushing your your year on year on and um, and expect to change like Sarah I'm sure you can um, speak on this but you need to treat your off season like a prep just with more food and less cardio oh for sure like you know that's something I've very much learned these past like couple years since kind of being like right I'm a pro now like before I'd be like admittedly like eh you know like off season is important to me but I won't take it as seriously and I kind of 
Uh, but over the years, I've I've now like nailed every every portion of prep and off season because I know if I miss a meal, two meals a day, I drop weight, and it's like. I can't afford to because being five foot four, I think I've reached my heaviest of 83 kilo. Like I can't, I can't afford to be missing meals or be overdoing my steps or whatever, because I just, I will just shrink. And that's, that's not something that I want going into next year or going into this year, sorry, as I, I need to make those improvements because now, now I've made my debut. I've got all these eyes looking on me and I can't stand to know that oh, I missed that meal. And now I look, now I've missed that part where, I look the same as last year, you know, and it's, it's the same thing in the gym. Like if I find a rep that I can't get, then I'm like, Miss Olympia is around the corner. Mr. You know, like that person mm. that I'm supposed to be up against, she's hitting that rep. She's eating that meal. Do you know what I mean? So it's no stern, no stone can be like unturned in this, in this is, it's, you know, it's all very important. It's all very key to the success that the success that I want to make in WPD. And, you know, I think a lot of people do think that the off season is a time to let the foot off the gas, which it isn't. It's even more so more important than prep, in my opinion, to some extent, mm. because this is where the improvements are made, you know? Do, do you think as well, like, um, and I guess this is, I think this is maybe more prevalent sometimes in the off season and prep, maybe for, for yourself, do you feel like now you're a pro and because you are not the only WPD athlete in the UK, but you are the WPD athlete in the UK? And I think that, you know, people watch you, people are following your journey and like you're the icon for that, for, for the UK. And do you feel now, maybe you felt it before being pro as well, but do you feel like there's an element of pressure for you to nail every part of that off season as well maybe to live up to expectations of maybe other people or maybe the own ex- your own expectations you put on yourself because now you are pro and do you think that you sometimes find yourself executing that because of that pressure or is it or is it because you genuinely just want to be the best possible thing that you possibly can be I mean like yes like I've always put pressure on myself to to a point where it has been crippling at some points but like I think ever since turning pro and having a little like a few more eyes on me it you know it has it has made me be a little bit more sort of aware of what I'm doing and aware of the like the results I'm going to get from being consistent but I you know I can't stand knowing that I won't be making or can't if I missed something I might have missed a chance to make an improvement like for me like I absolutely live breathe and shit this sport like it is so important to me that without it I know I wouldn't be here today and for me like I love knowing that if I step on stage like and I've made those improvements then my confidence is going to be tenfold on stage because now I know that standing up against the women that I did last year I know I've got a taste of what I could do next year and I know my sort of performance last year was only my 80% because I had such a such a rough experience last year with prep that this year when it comes around I know that'll be my 100% and I know they have the chance of getting to the Olympia because after last year and seeing what the other ladies were like I've now got this newfound confidence that I might not display so much over social media but for me like I'm very internal like I know for a fact that if I nail everything that I can do this year because everything that happened last year was variables that were out of our control so I had a really nasty experience with um MPP which obviously is an all 19 it really like affected me mentally so that kind of pushed us back a little bit and it was just variables that were out of our control that happened during that prep that made it 10 times harder um but now going into this year we know exactly what we can use what's a little bit sort of which will put me in a better place I have things in place that can control so like um I don't have a full-time job anymore my full-time job is a coach now and a full-time bodybuilder which is something that I never thought I would achieve like a couple years ago I didn't have a 
any idea that I would be in this position that I am now. But the job that I previously did, I was doing 140, 150,000 steps every five, like over five day period. And I was lifting all the time because I worked in Walmart or Asda over here in the warehouses. So I was a distribution colleague. Um, whereas now, like reducing my steps right down, nailing my recovery, I've grown so much more because I have that rest and recovery and I know because I've been able to remove things in, out of my life that will affect my bodybuilding that my ability to bring a package that will be completely different this year is something that I'm really excited to, to have and to show people on in the states and in the UK and you know like I said coming back to your question Madis it's like yes I've got that pressure and I have a few more eyes on me this year but I would say the majority of that is just love I love to see myself grow mentally and physically into the sport and learn from these older women in my category so yeah like I think it is just I won't enter that stage unless I know that I've made vast improvements which I know this year I have we, so me and Corey have this like saying about social media and about pressure and validation I think is probably the word and that if social media went down tomorrow like Corey would and I would still get up every single day yeah do our steps eat our food and go to the gym if social media wasn't there and we didn't have to display what we were doing to other people and we didn't have to give any validation until maybe it was turned on in a year's time and everyone saw you on stage like if that was the case like we don't do that for validation like you don't do that because you're trying to please other people and that's so key here is that you do it because you love it and that is always i genuinely believe the people that are most successful is because they do it because they love it whether anyone was watching or not you do it because you enjoy it not because you're trying to like validate yourself by like winning a trophy on stage and so many sure. people get into this sport for the wrong reason I think because that is why they do it it looks so glamorous mm, in, any, yeah. in any category like whether you're wearing sparkly heels or you're dancing around in a thong in WPD like it's the same yeah. thing like it's still glamorous right you you're in the best shape of your life and I think it's important to do it for the right reasons which mm. you clearly like you clearly do that you absolutely love this so yeah for sure that's it exactly and like you said I think a lot of people that are like I oh, you know I could really get on stage and you're like are you willing to give 24 7 through like 16 weeks of your life to this sport if you're not if you're not in it 100% then I it's not for you and that's absolutely fine like for yeah. people if they're I'm in lying on stage and like mm, you know like I don't know whether I will then it's not for you and that that is fine like I think a lot of people were like oh, I need to get on stage for that validation that you speak about Mads and you know and I think they're scared of admitting that it's not for them and bodybuilding isn't for everyone it is for that select group of people that want that absolutely love it because in my opinion if you don't love this sport then you're not going to give it 100% much like anything in life really like sports marriage relationships whatever if you're not giving it 100% then you're not going to get that final result that you've been wishing for so and I think it's very important that people understand that if it's not for you then that's absolutely fine like it's not for everyone because it's it is a very strange sport like I brought my best friend backstage with me at legions and this was her first experience of bodybuilding show and my, <laughs> she my was best so friend overwhelmed Fear. that she was like oh yeah my, <laughs> yeah she was like my best friend like the first ever bodybuilding show you go to you go to the states you go to legion yeah. you go watch wpd and you're like oh my <laughs> yeah. god and like my best friend's fear, she's a Greek Cypriot. She's this amazing, like fluent, like she's a gorgeous young lady. And and she came backstage and it's just these naked people everywhere. She was like, so what is going on? I was like, come with me. And we come and did this little space. And then like, obviously we were right next to the tannin booth. So it was like cold, is everything going on? And then there's just all these naked people. And she was like, oh my God. I was like, yeah, you're with, like, she's in this with me for the long run, but it's just, 
it you don't find any other sport like it do you really like just all these women posing getting glazed up these men and it's just it's just so strange when you sit there and you think we talk about weird, this literally the first time you meet some girls that you spoke to so many times on instagram it's when you're looking across at each other totally naked with your nun out like mm. how are you getting yeah. on your tanning tent like <laughs> what's the weather like outside like <laughs> Completely yeah stopped. I've never met you before. Do you want a hug or should we just leave it away? Yeah. 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 It's it's a weird world. Um, And I think like if you're in it and you love it, then it's a lot easier. But like Mm. you touched upon there, Sarah, there is kind of like those times when you get in your head and you, you can easily kind of take a step back and it can become too much or, you could go the other way and you can get so into it that you forget everything that's going on around you. And obviously mm. you've touched upon the fact that a few times, like throughout your kind of career, you've touched upon the fact that you've had struggles with mental health and like why you've pulled out of certain shows because you're like, Do you know what? Like I've got to find that balance. Um, so how have you dealt with that um, off the back of your last show? So um, when obviously like, when I came second at the legions um, I think a massive part of that prep was this um, the pressure coming back to pressure man was I put huge 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 amounts of pressure on me because I get to the point that and my, my other half will be as vouch for this is I get so ridiculously intense to a point where it actually goes backwards it doesn't benefit me at all it just it makes me take it makes me go backwards and I had that after my show as well and the fact that I came second and I I came so close honestly between pre-judging and judging I I looked at my other half and was like I think I might have this like coming into the show not really knowing anything not really knowing how I would do to being a breath away from qualifying from something that is is so important to me and is something that I have dreamed about since I was 10 11 and then to come off stage and come second, I turned to my other half, I was like, it's not good enough. That is not good enough. And I thought she and she was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I'm just not I'm just not happy. And I went from that back to the UK and I became this just intense ball of stress and and pressure. And I was like, I just can't I can't retain like, you know, when you sort of you, you it's not it's a, it is a love for something, but it is a love for. I must do better in the fact that I have this ball of stress in my head. I just want to scream because I I need more. I need more for myself. And the way I dealt with that is being open with my coach, Tom, going to find help. So I worked with Vicky, who's Tiny Titan on um, Instagram for a long time to try and try and just relieve some of the stuff that I had in my head because I was thinking so far ahead of myself that I wasn't enjoy I wasn't beginning to enjoy the process. And something that Vicky taught me was you need to be able to split it down so you can enjoy the process. Yes, the Olympia is the end goal, but you need to be able to be like, right, okay, so next week, what are we going to do? The week after, how are we going to do this different? Like, and actually putting things in place, like as silly as it sounds, colouring. Like she would say, put a timer on your phone for 20 minutes, put that to the side and just colour because I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just thinking about colouring. And it's like, I sometimes give that to my clients if they have high stress jobs. I'm like, right, okay, so there's a few things that we can think about. Go and get an adult coloring book and just color because it's completely irrelevant from bodybuilding, from social media. from And it sounds a bit strange, like, oh, my coach is giving me coloring to do for some mental health like goal of the week. But like, it, it made such a difference to me just being able to de-stress because I just couldn't switch off. And it was, it was rubbing, it was just, 
putting me in a bad place. And so I just needed to be like, okay, take a step back. Bodybuilding is always going to be there. You have the capability to progress forward, but right now you're doing yourself a disservice and you're just running yourself into the ground. And because I came straight off stage and went straight back into training the day after I was day after I came off stage, I didn't have a day off. I was straight back in the gym. So from then, and I think last week was my first deload after coming off stage because I just wouldn't allow myself time off. And like, it's just being able to know what things to put in place, who to be truthful to as well. Because I think that I'm very lucky in the sense that Tom will listen to me. And I, I would say that Tom, I'm really struggling. Hence why we pulled from Romania, because I was just, I was getting in my head so much that I couldn't, I couldn't focus anymore. And I thought, you know what, I'm only going to real really put myself in a bad place if I have to keep continuing on with prep because it's hard enough physically as it is mentally and if you're already in a bad place like mm. you're only going to dig yourself a worse hole so it's basically just putting those things in place that will help me to relax take a step back like when we were saying earlier Han like one of my sort of new year's resolutions this year is to sit down and watch more films like because I wouldn't allow myself to sit down and relax with my other half and I think it's very important to just be like right seven o'clock let's let's throw on pitch perfect do you know what I mean so I think it's just putting things in place that you know will help and it's completely yeah <laughs> great choice yeah yeah and it's just, yeah film. putting things in place that are completely unbodybuilding related because yes we love it we love it love it love it but that love can become so intense sometimes that it just is is completely it just makes you regress so another thing I go and do is play golf it's not it's still active because I like to move around but it's not bodybuilding so yeah. it's just knowing when to be like, okay, I'm brief. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So that's kind of how we've approached it. Before, I would just be like, I will run myself into the ground and I will just keep going until I, I cannot do anymore. It's it's such a naivety thing, isn't it? It's like the whole thing what um we came, we spoke about earlier, right at the beginning before we started recording, and we said like the whole in the jar can't read the label thing like you are in this you are just so obsessed with what you're doing and you're like more 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 no I need to be better I need to be better and you put this inter internal pressure on yourself but actually mm. like Tom your coach people around you your other half your friend can stand back and be like no 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 you're 26 you just come second at the legion you are going to go to the olympia if now mm. isn't the time the stage is not fucking going anywhere yeah, like exactly. you're fine and you know what knowing when to step back it's like people who just chase pro qualifiers all year chase 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 like do you know what maybe it's not your time and the yeah. reason why it's not your time might be because of a mental health issue might be because you're not lean enough or maybe it's because you haven't got enough muscle or maybe it's because you're whatever and and you just need to take some time away regroup come back better or come back different or come back recentered, and then and then you can go again and I truly believe like if it's meant to be it'll happen anyway so just yeah. go away and take your time like you're fine you don't need to put that much pressure on yourself and it's also the case that taking a week off the gym taking four days off the gym actually isn't going to you're not going to go from 83 kilos to 63 like you'll exactly. be fine yeah um if anything you'll probably look better <laughs> you'll actually sure. be fine yeah. so I think there's an element of you have to trust the, um, your own process a little bit and I think as people who do this for so long like Hannah like, all of us like do this every single day and you can just get so consumed that it mm. it does kind of blind you a little bit I think sometimes and I think that's a really good mantra to just have a bit of um, a kind of promise to yourself that you'll take more time to do other things um, oh yeah for sure I, I'm, I'm terrible though I don't chill like I won't sit in the evening and then just like chill in front of the telly if I do I'm like well I could do it on my laptop so I'm sure there's something I could be doing yeah, I always exactly. think there's an element of productivity you've got to have 
but you don't need that it's not good for you either mm-hmm. yeah exactly so yeah as that I, I know some amateurs that put I've had some come to me and be like I just put so much pressure on myself this year and I'm like like enjoy it enjoy the process you will learn so much about who you are and how far you can push yourself in a prep than any other way of life I think I've learned so much about how far I can truly push myself before I crack just through bodybuilding and I think there are some amateurs out there I'm not saying that because I'm a pro but like there are some newbies who come to this game who are like I must win I must win and you're like you don't haven't even stood on a stage like how do you know I mean it's the same when I when I did powerlifting back in the day like back in the day I say that when I like I'm 50 but like when I started in powerlifting I was so focused on the weight cap of my category that I just really didn't enjoy getting ready for it when I have a couple of powerlifters now where I'm like don't worry about the weight cap and work, like enjoy the process like no matter what you weigh at the time unless it's like an international like uh, meet or something but if you're a newbie like just enjoy the process like learn your posing learn the fundamental things and then just give the prep 110 percent and get on stage and enjoy it I say that to everyone I say those five minutes are the best five minutes of your life like those 16 weeks yeah they teach you a lot but get on stage, smile, enjoy it, and just absolutely bust ass on that stage because it's so worth it. And I think, yeah, it just gets lost in translation, I think, a lot of the time. I think it's like coming down to setting reasonable goals as well. Um, For sure. You speak to so many new competitors that would be like, I just want to win this so bad. And I'm like, one, you don't actually know how bad you actually want it because you've never done it so you don't actually know how bad you want it Um, that's so true isn't it once you've once you've lost it makes or like done this a little bit it makes you want it so much more the longer you've been doing it like Sarah like you probably want the Olympia now more than you wanted it 10 years ago because you've got a glimpse right yeah 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 yeah. and then like so I was having a conversation with someone not that long ago and they were like you're they use the phrase you're a pro in the sense that I've been doing it a long time. And I just went to them, I haven't won my class for like a long time, like mm. since I started. And they were like, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm very humble. I don't win my class. So my goal is to win my class. That's it. They're like, yeah, but pro. And I'm like, no, not pro, just to win my class. Because if I set the goal as pro, which I know I'm not going to go pro, then I'm already going to be disappointed with the outcome. Mm. So I think you yeah. need to just be like, but that's where it kind of comes back to what you were saying. You went into Legion with no real expectation. And then yeah. when you got your second, you were like, fuck, that was so close. Mm. And then you became disappointed because you almost projected into the future of what you expected to happen and then when that didn't come to fruition it was almost a disappointment yeah I think it's as well like sometimes I think some people maybe don't realize how good they are until they get like a taste of something and then they're like so they don't really realize how much they want it because they don't they undervalue themselves and then when they realize they're maybe really good at something they're like oh oh shit actually I'm actually really good at this oh so I should have won and then they put loads of pressure on themselves because other people tell them how good they are And you probably get this now, Sarah, like, I'm sure people all over the world are like, you're incredible, you'll go to the Olympia, da, 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 because people are looking at you like, you're 26 and you're incredible. So they're putting, mm. almost putting pressure on you to be like, wow, you're going to make it. And and that then makes you think, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to make it because I'm, I'm this person and therefore there's pressure on you to then do that. And I think that then externalises into your goals as well because other people tell you. 
Yeah. And it can work think... the other way as well when people put you down and mm. say you're no good when actually yeah. you are, you just need the right guidance. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, it was it was crazy because I think a day after um after the show, uh they they said, Oh, you know, Sarah Bradley's the you know, the, the best women's physique to come out of the UK so I'm top of the list in the UK and I was like I think my missus turned to me and was like have you seen this and I was like no and I, I just I'm just a girl from Gloucester you know what I mean I just love going to the gym and I just you know I love being on stage and for some to be like UK's top WPD I'm like the highest placed UK WPD girl in the UK at the moment and like even between pre-judging and finals people were like I see you at the Olympia yeah and I was like oh just stop like I just do you know what I mean like one of the tanners was like I'll be tanning you backstage at the O yeah and I was like oh Jesus Christ like <laughs> it was just it's just a lot and like I said like I'm just I just love this like and I go on stage and I just I embrace everything that goes on so I think now now someone has said are oh, you the best in the UK like you know I do want to go to the shows this year and be like I'm from the UK and I'm gonna make a like, I'm gonna make a huge storm here so you better watch out kind of thing like it has installed a little bit more confidence in me because I know how competitive I am now but because a lot of people turn around to be like don't get arrogant now and I'm like do you do you even know who I am like yeah. arrogant confidence and arrogance in like with it, 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 there is a fine line to some extent but arrogance is being like I'm gonna win this show I know exactly how I'm gonna win it I'm good you know what I mean but like going in being like right I've got a chance like I feel confident in myself I know I've made the progressions that I need to make like is a massive difference to being arrogant and I said look like I would never be arrogant I'm just like I said a girl from Gloucester that absolutely loves what she does and I think it just shows on stage when you're confident with exactly what you've brought and I think from what I've learned over this last year I think it it's one of these things that is just yes there's pressure but I feel the confidence has come with it so I feel yes there's pressure but I feel confident in that pressure and I feel a lot more relaxed about it than I did last year because I didn't know what to expect that kind I think of thing. it's okay to be a little bit arrogant as well and I don't mean that in an arsehole way like mm. um myself and Corey have had a few conversations with someone called James Elliott you might know him sort of like oh, yeah. a lot of mental health stuff and one of the things that he said is like no get arrogant because you are good so get mm. arrogant and that's fine and you're allowed to say you are good because you are good like the, the the evidence is there you are good and you're you're allowed to be you're allowed to be like no I'm Sarah Bradley and I'm the best WPD athlete in the UK and I'm going to go to the Olympia this year you're allowed mm. to say that you're allowed to manifest that and you're allowed to be a little bit arrogant about that it doesn't make you an arsehole like you're just you're just kind of like recentering that within you and being like no I am like I am that good I am going to do it and that doesn't make you like I don't I think arrogance is given a really bad name sometimes I think people think that it's you being rude because you're like yeah I'm better than everybody else and that's not what you're being you're just being mm -hmm. very assertive to say no no I am good like argue with me like how how can you argue with me like, I am good and I am going to do that and I, mm -hmm. and I think that's quite powerful I think it's like an internal speech thing I think it's super powerful I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all also there's not arrogance in stating a fact right exactly mm -hmm. yeah it's not it's it's, it's, I think it's powerful like so assertive mm. um and then like just kind of cut, touching on back onto that post-show period and and dealing with um the reverse I think that's a really really hot topic of conversation um <clears throat> and obviously everyone has different approaches but there's also a little bit of your eagerness to get back in the gym and train and progress and um I don't know 
but obviously you can fill us in on this. I can imagine that you're not too keen on doing like a slow reverse, right? Um, yeah, like what the way I've or I've pretty much approached my reverse is very similar every year I've competed. This year maybe a little bit different in the sense that we had just come off the back of a pro show and I was just obviously what happened obviously is just explained. Um, I normally take a week off after I come off stage, but this time I just didn't. And I think I didn't hold my condition as much as I did previously, just purely because I wasn't as conditioned as when I was on stage because it wasn't needed. Um, and I want to get straight into growing. Like I, I can dissociate myself from like, I don't really like being conditioned. I'm not hugely a fan of being shredded just because I can't sit on things. I can't do like, nor I can't enjoy a bath without my coccyx, like spiking me in the stomach, you know, like I just, and it's just like, I would rather be like, right, okay, season's over. Let's get calories high. Let's grow. Because I think the amount that we've achieved this rebound from getting calories up, from training hard, I wouldn't be 83 kilos without that good rebound, but I do lose. I do. I don't hold on to condition for very long, um, as especially as like last when I saw you, Han, at the British, I was beyond shredded for that, maybe too shredded. So I obviously naturally held condition for a little bit longer. But this year I was just straight back into the gym, food up straight. And then obviously we had that psychological part where I was with a psychologist and with Tom and it was just maybe taking that step back that helped me just go into normal life because obviously you're regimented for those 16 weeks and I, I keep my reg that same amount of regiment for say three to four weeks you know the prep intensity and I still have a regiment through my off season but it's not nearly as intense as it is in mm. prep so I allow myself to ease ease out of that prep brain into my off season um, and I think that comes with having calories high and not keeping the condition as sharp as it is on stage. And yeah, I'd rather just, because I know a lot of people like to keep condition for a long, long time, but that that's not how I approach things. I like to come out of shows, get straight into it, sort out my head, sort out where my goal was for what I want to do for the next like month or so, and then just get straight into it. I think, I think that's, that I suppose brings us quite nicely onto like that conversation around bringing calories higher and the purpose of doing that. So for you, Apart from the fact that you're like, okay, well, the quicker you get up to a certain point of condition loss, potentially, and, and cal like caloric intake, you're at a point where you can start growing. Some people take mm -hmm. that a bit longer through a reverse, um, like a slow reverse, maybe eight, ten weeks. Some people will do it a lot sharper. But at, once you're at that point, obviously, the purpose of being there is that in order to grow, you've got to be in a healthy position, right? Being super shredded is not the position to grow. You tend to have a little bit of hormonal dysfunction, maybe a bit of like thyroid dysfunction that you may have been supporting in prep, um, maybe a bit of like mental health like problems that you've said from the pressure you've put on yourself, how lean you've got, that rigidity of like maybe you've been prepping all year as well. So yeah. like the point here is is to to get healthy as well for that for that reverse and then that growth phase, right? for sure like I get to a point as well in prep where I'm I don't run huge huge cycles never have done I don't need to so like I do get to a point though where I'm like I don't want to I don't want to be on PEDs anymore like I can just feel myself just not healthy and I like I said I don't run massive amounts of drugs or anything like that but there's a point where I'm just sick of the sight of things like that and I just want to be like right I'm coming off like I just need that time to just relax get healthy again focus on health 
and just get myself in a better position to grow and coming on coming with that is obviously putting calories up and stuff like that getting blood work done etc um so I don't know whether a lot of people are like other people are like that but after a while I'm like I don't want to do another cycle like that's my own choice I'd rather just leave drugs for a little bit and I think it's very important to not be so surrounded by I have to be I have to grow so I have to be on a cycle I have to do this so I have to be on a cycle it's you can achieve a lot without the use of drugs if your nutrition and training is spot on and where it needs to be then you can grow just by that just by the power of eating and training hard you don't need drugs to to yes obviously I'm a professional I can IFBB pro so there is an element of being utilizing drugs a little bit more often but it's still very important to know exactly how far you can push that element of things before like your before you don't notice your health if that makes sense so health is always priority is your priority right and you need to notice right okay i need to come off cycle now i need to focus on health and and that was where i was after that prep was i was just like i don't want to i'd rather just leave the cycle now and just get blood done get healthy and just be a human for a little bit yeah i think one thing that i think you're quite happy to share as well as you run a you run a TRT dose like me and Hannah right yeah and and one of the main purposes for that is to when you come off your assisted cycle or even not like just coming out of prep out of low calories low body composition when natural hormonal function is going to take a hit in most people due to like energy deficiency you are running a TRT dose so that you actually support that hormonal balance to get you into a healthy position or keep you at a more healthy position quicker right yeah. when you come out of prep yeah for sure and something I actually noticed this year with having that HRT in is one thing that I tend to notice the first is my love handles so I'll tend to store a lot of my weight in my love handles and this year with the HRT because I think we were running a lower dose last year than compared to this year is my fat distribution was slightly different so it didn't automatically just jump onto my hips it was a little bit of longer time whereas now I've sort of start cut my food back down a little bit because it started accumulating around my hips but it took longer to get there this time around whereas before it was like bam on my hips like within like a matter of weeks so yeah it's made it has made a massive difference and my mood yes I obviously went through a bit of a rough patch last year but like my mood in general is 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 so much better and I think obviously that comes with good health if you're good if your head's in a good place then you can focus on getting healthy physically as well yeah I think that's um a really important uh, important part to touch upon is that your hormonal health and your mental health come hand in hand um and it's something that we've spoken about here and and saying about how you don't really realize that you feel a bit kind of shit and a bit numb and a bit dull um yeah. until you address those hormonal issues um so on that point of kind of addressing hormonal issues and the use of femtest did you do that prior to kind of noticing a dip in your um test levels when you had your bloods done for a physique outcome um or did you do that because you saw it did you act kind of proactively or reactively so I think what it was was um when I started being assisted after cycles I would get this huge dump and I would just be depressed like my mood would be really down my sex drive would be non-existent like and it kind of after conversing with Tom it was kind of like yes there was a physique outcome because I think I without femtest or without the use of HRT now I wouldn't be able to hold the structure on my five foot four frame but as well like because I was having these depressive dumps like Tom was like maybe we should start adding this in because 
it was causing me a lot of like my headspace to be in a bad place so mm-hmm. and after obviously introducing HRT it has made that so much better but it was those dumps I was having after cycle yes we do taper taper like we should do but I was still having these and no matter how many like natural things we use it was just not touching the side so that's why we started introducing it into sort of our daily like re- regime or of something like that so yeah it, it's made a big a big difference but it was primarily for a little bit of both I believe and how often do you because obviously this is different for everyone but just I'd be interested how often do you get your blood work done so at least two to three times a year so I'll get it done um about eight weeks post-show and then I'll probably get it redone um just before prep and then I'll get it done after prep again so at least two to three times because like I don't really spend my money on anything but bodybuilding and that is very much a priority for me is obviously like my we have a family history of cancer my dad's got um myeloma which is obviously a a bone cancer so you've got to be very high on sort of not just because of my family history but obviously because of what we do to our bodies yearly but obviously you want to make if you have a family history of things like that and obviously kidney issues are very rife in my family as well I want to make sure that I'm spending my money no matter how expensive it is I'll be getting blood work done as much as so if Tom turned around to me tomorrow and was like blood work I'll be like bam done okay it's sorted yeah. like because it's so important and luckily obviously through the years blood work and health management is much more rife people are much more open about their blood work and their health work and stuff whereas five six seven years ago it was very much not spoken about mm. so it's good that to see that develop through the years but yeah it's it, I would try and get mine done two to three times a year for sure and then obviously mix that with anything that's needed so I've done a couple bloodlets this year just because my hematocrit levels were a little bit high so we've done that I'm very lucky to have my best friend Romana who's part of Eval be able to provide me with IVs and things like that so I think yeah it's very important especially if you're assisted I mean not saying unassisted shouldn't unassisted should always get their bloods done as well but to make sure that we're always in top condition I think two to three times a year if you need it like if if you need more then get more but I would say two to three times is is adequate enough and that's what I do I would always recommend at the end of like each phase so like the end of your post-show phase that's when you want to be checking that your health markers are back in a good place if they're not you need to take a little bit longer if you're an assisted athlete before you run any assistance and then obviously you want to get it checked again and then probably at the end of an assisted phase after a clear out if that's when you're going to start prep or maybe yeah. if you're going to be doing another assisted phase like I would say that then is a good time to like are you safe to push again does your TRT level need adjusting like where are you before you maybe go for another push and then always like right are you are you good for prep so I, I would agree with that that could be like maybe yeah. four times a year I think over the last 12 months I think I've had mine done like four four times like every kind of like maybe three three months something like that yeah 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 I'm like a bloody pin cushion <laughs> honestly yeah. the NHS they're like if in doubt let's get bloods done and then yeah. you say to them but I've had private bloods and here are my results and I'm like okay cool but we'd like bloods yeah, they don't read. Um, they don't read the private bloods. I had I had a client who had um, a, a reading came up on her bloods, and I said, I think you actually need to go to the doctors for this. Like, I think you need to get this checked by the doctors. Obviously, like can give you advice, but you need you need to see your GP about this. And went to the GP with their bloods, and they were like, Yeah, you've got them done privately, so we're not even going to look at them. So come back for some blood test, a blood test next week. And she was like, That's fine if you want to do another one, but like this is real like it's been a yeah. lot like it's not a lie yeah um yeah the NHS just they 
from my experience people don't don't want to look at your private blood it's almost like they don't they have so much on them the private private blood work that we get done it's almost like they don't know Mm. what they're what they're looking at i think sometimes but yeah interesting yes man um mads i think you had some questions didn't you when we put out um the question boxes on our stories and and i think at the beginning you said you were going to hit us with a a bomb there's also a couple of terrible things on here you know these anonymous questions work so we won't get too (laughs) on the one that says like have you got a dog or anything like that but (laughs) those are definitely fake like i swear to god like they used to say at the bottom like (laughs) sent by anonymous questions or whatever but yeah the first question i've got here is um one that was sent in to me by one of my clients and I think I sent it to Hannah earlier and the question was if you hold on me and Hannah exchanged lots of messages today um (laughs) about okay so people coming out of a reverse or coming into a reverse diet and gloating about being on over like three three thousand plus calories and it seems like people are always nailing that much and they're always gloating about it and like is that true and probably the best person to ask is Sarah who's 83 kilos is a WPD athlete. If any female is nailing that amount of calories post show, it's probably yeah. Sarah. So yeah. like, I think you touched on this actually, Sarah, previously. Like, it is that true? Like, I can tell you my my experience, and no, it's not. Yes, not. What is in like having having that amount of food? Yeah, straight away post show. Like people coming out of post show and being like, yeah, I got my food up really high, really quickly, uh, and I'm not fat. Except they usually are fat about three weeks later. But. Yeah. So. I we don't whack it up so high that I can't like it's very gradual like I will eat a lot of food eventually but out of the out of the gate it's it's very it's probably not as high as a lot of people think like Mm. it seems high because we're on such low food but in the grand scheme of things it's not very high at all so Tom will bump my food up to a good amount of food but it it wouldn't be like mass amounts like people are only gloating because they think there's something special when it's just they're not (laughs) I think I saw in your post you put up today that obviously you've just pulled your food back a little bit, but you've just come off the back of a push, I think. And mm-hmm. even then, your food's only just what, if I worked out roughly what your macros were, like at maybe 3,200 calories, something like that. that. And, and that's at the top honest, of a push, right? Yeah, like, and to be honest, that the macros that I popped up today are pretty much bang on what they were post-show. I think my carbohydrates were between four and 450 and that was just the steady I think my protein was like 180 450 and fat was at 65 post-show something like that mm. um and my peak food this year for like peak push which I've just done I think on like training days it was like 180 food was the carbohydrates is 625 plus 50 grams on leg day and then fat was 60 and then on non-training day it was 190 55 and 80 and that was it that's my peak food this year but you've got Whereas, to imagine that's I, people talk about eating five six hundred grams of carbs a day that's that's you at 83 kilos of a wpd athlete at the peak of like yeah. a, an assisted part of your off season so people mm-hmm. need to appreciate that like that's that's where you you're at but people talk about eating that amount of food who are coming off the back of post show and it's it's not real like and if it is no. that and they're a bikini girl like they ain't going to be in condition for very long the elephant in the yeah. room i was just about to say it's always some tiny bikini bird that's like yeah i'm on, I'm on 600 grams of carbs a day i'm eating eight squares bars and you're like if you at your size Sarah don't need that then they don't need that yeah 
it's yeah, all relative I, like me and Hannah were talking about this the other day so we trained together the other day and Hannah was and we were talking about food or something and I was saying like I'm on a mini cut and what my food was and Hannah was like oh that's more than I have in my off season and I was like <laughs> yeah but I'm I'm 63 kilos in pretty yeah. good nick right and, yeah and you'll be in pretty good nick and lean at what mid 50s so I've probably already got 10 kilos on you what, to be that... pretty lean we're talking early 50s all right okay so there yeah. you go 10 kilos difference right and then you've got Sarah who's probably like another 10 kilos lean on top of me so you need to be realistic about this like my peak food I think at my last push was like maybe four 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 twenty cups four two five carbs or something like that yeah. um so it makes a massive difference to how big you are and it's just like girls who like try and keep up with their boyfriends on cheat meals and stuff it's like oh, it's not yeah. real like yeah. it's not it's not real like your your boyfriend's gonna eat 600 grams of carbs a day you might be lucky if you get 300 like they're twice the size of you so yeah be real you can't eat like a man otherwise you will that, <laughs> yeah that that's it exactly and i i do preach a lot of the time like individual individual like we are all different like my training plan my nutrition plan isn't the same as yours and it shouldn't be the same as yours because I'm so different to you like like coming back to that like I think I saw it must have been a figure girl that was struggling to each eat 600 grams of carbs and I was mm. like I fly through that but I'm I've got 10 20 kilos on her so the demands of my mm. body is is so much different is so much higher than what she has to like what her body needs so it's just knowing exactly what that individual's like and just catering for your own needs not what everyone else is doing and I think it's understanding don't it's not just about your body weight it's like your weight of muscle on your frame like mm -hmm. someone who's 60 kilos compared to me being at 60 kilos is probably very different because that might be 60 kilos and 10 kilos more fat than muscle potentially so it's about feeding your like musculature frame not your mm. whole frame yeah exactly you lean at 60 that's the peak of my off season yeah so there's What's just that? the perspective and, and there's uh, so Mads's lean weight not like stage yeah. but like good nick is the same as the peak of my off season uh, and we're like okay. pretty much the same height mm. yeah because how, how tall are you five foot oh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not that short are you Mads I well I always thought I was like five one and a bit but I measured in at like <laughs> over five two at every show I was at this year and I don't know yeah. how I did yeah, <laughs> yeah five off season two. gains off, yeah it's the GH yeah well that's progression in itself I, I just turn up and like, <laughs> add an inch that's all I need <laughs> yeah like into the next category fantastic yeah. <laughs> but no I have oh, got a couple it. more questions actually I've got one here about your thoughts and potentially experiences with like and I know you've touched on this a little bit already kind of but binging and blues post-show so actually handling like that transition into off-season obviously you've done this a long time now so you're like food goes up I just get on with growing yeah but have you had I mean Hannah's spoken about this before but have you had any problems in the past where you've kind of really struggled with that transition and had like the blues potentially or any binging issues yeah so um my first shirt my first season was horrendous so I would I kept so with my first show like I would do the typical I bought loads and loads of food throughout my prep and just like hoarded I hoarded so much food it oh, was wow. and then after show I binged on it a bit but I was like ugh, went a little bit mad but yeah like I think obviously experience but that comes with time two be so open and honest with your coach mm. that 
like I cannot express that enough was I've heard some absolute horror stories of coaches just letting clients do their own thing post-show and that's that's not the thing and like clients not being open and honest with their coach it's you need to have that structure and be like right actually Tom I'm really fucking struggling here like I I just need a little bit some I need something but I don't know what it is maybe it's something like okay so let's adjust your food here and there like let's add in like like let's taper down your sort of expenditure or something like that as long as you're open and honest with your coach and be like I'm struggling and they can put things in place that can help you with that post-show period and it's just also knowing that you have a routine and a structure post-show because I tend to find that a lot of people go off the rails when they don't have that structure anymore they don't have a goal they don't have a reason to carry on being in condition and utilizing that rebound phase so even if it's like okay so my next goal post-show is to just get my health focused get bloods done so and so like in four weeks time that kind of thing as long as you've got structure still in place as long as you've got a goal in place and as long as you've got that good athlete coach relationship where you can be honest with your coach I think those are three main points that you need to take into that rebound phase like yes I did binge uh, at a point but I was very open and honest with Tom at that point where I was like yeah I've binged and I've binged really hard like but we did put things in place to try and control that a little bit as we came out of that post-show phase we just added in things like instead of like increasing carbohydrates to a point where I would just get fat we said right let's just add in loads of vegetables like I remember having these just massive bowls of salad because they would fill me up it wasn't just adding in loads of rubbish and rubbish it was just trying to get loads and loads of veggies in trying to volumize my meals to a point where I would still be full and wouldn't feel the need to add anything on top so that's another sort of thing that you can discuss with a coach if you know you're going to struggle post-show yeah I think um uh part of that openness with the coach as well is when you say I've binged I think it's so important something I learned not that I've had binging episodes but I definitely have purposefully overeaten I would say like I made a decision that I'm going to eat five chocolate yeah. bars um but I did kind of look around and I was like well that was stupid and then like took myself out for a walk um but I think the important thing there is when you say to your coach, like, I overate or I binged or I massively went off plan, however you want to phrase it, is that the coach asks the question of, OK, did that satiate you? Did you actually feel better? Did it get rid of that urge to do it again? And often the answer is no to it didn't make me feel any better. No, it didn't satiate me. But am I going to do it again? I might. So as long as you can understand, I think it's a mental battle there that you understand that actually that didn't do what you hoped it would. And that if you can listen to those hunger signals and I did the same thing as you, Sarah, I started putting in things like peppers and tomatoes and courgettes because all of those things are really tasty and they're filling. Um, And then when I ate like a chocolate bar, actually made me feel quite sick yeah I think I think planning in like macros for people post-show can be really helpful as well as long as you get it right like macros if you've got 350 grams of carbs to eat a day isn't 10 pop tarts but it is like it is an ability to be able to say even if it's 50% of your food for the day like you have three planned meals you know you you maybe you're like your breakfast and your pre and post workout are like planned and then you've got like I don't know 50 grams of carbs 10 grams of fat and a bit of protein for your evening meal like play with it make something that yeah. you want have a smaller meal so you can have a little bit of a dessert yeah. and that i've found that's really been helpful with some clients but it's only very good usually with a more experienced athlete who 
understands macro tracking and obviously like is able to have some kind of level of control as well yeah for sure it can be a bit daunting i think yeah like like, hmm? it's the education as well right so someone understands what food they're putting in and they understand Mm. the value of like going for a nando's because you think right so it's chickens and a pork so it's some chicken and portion of chips or it's chicken and some mash like how bad can that be but then when you understand like the peas have butter on them and the chicken yeah it's chicken but it depends what what you're getting and and chips they're like I think they're about 600 calories in um Nando's so it's all fine and there's nothing wrong with doing that but understanding the value of that meal in front of you made a massive difference to me because I would take out like one or two meals and I go well I can have a Nando's now because that's probably about right but actually your food's so low and my food gets like sub 1000 calories at the end of prep so if I took out a couple of meals to have a Nando's I've overshot my calories by a mile yeah because mm. do you macro uh, do you do a macro based plan the whole way through prep oh. yeah oh okay but what I, I do that. is I eat the same things every day and then my and this is all throughout off season as well like I didn't make any choices just to have something because I wanted it um so the kinds of changes I make are depending on like if I want pasta or rice or if I want chicken or fish but I would eat the same thing for like four or five days maybe and then then I make a change because I'm at the supermarket and I fancy chicken mince instead of chicken breast yeah yeah I'm exactly the same I live pretty much eat I, I I do macros but I literally eat the same thing every single day same. but like if like in this mini cup my, when my food's been a little bit lower I've been like mm, okay so I'm gonna have I'm not gonna have cream of rice because I don't get hardly any of it so I'm gonna have oats and then I'm gonna so like because you can just choose food that's a, like got a bit more volume or you fancy mm. it a little bit more and I usually find that that keeps adherence better um yeah so, you're choosing is you're choosing yeah yeah exactly and like you just learn a little bit more about your body don't you like with obviously we're all on macro based plans but like for me I don't really like to have carbohydrates in my first meal of the day so I tend to I tend to find I get hungrier at the end of the day so I'll just kind of have a a sort of a protein fats meal in the morning and then I'll have more carbohydrates as the day goes on mainly based around training and then just kind of it's just because I've just learned that I'm a little bit more hungry throughout the day than I am in the morning Mm so yeah it's very it's just I think it's like I think it's a really good way of implementing like the ability to learn a bit more about the importance of where you put your food and stuff like that but obviously like you said some people would just put 500 grams of chocolate in their plan for every meal so I think yeah it works for certain people but other obviously other people just need like a little bit more of a push in the right direction when it comes to macro based plans I also find it stuff like uh, so people will often say just focus on your protein and then like just yeah, do what you can that around. Lot, actually yeah Which, like I'll ask clients when they jump on board what what's your have you had macros before and yeah. they've been like well I've just kind of been hitting 200 grams of protein and, and that's and that's it and I'm like oh yeah really? a lot of people have a calorie goal some, yeah. some coaches will give them a calorie goal with a protein goal and yeah. that's one way I would say like if you were gonna that would be like my last choice in terms of yeah. giving someone macros but yeah. if that if that is the only way in terms of keeping someone adherent if that is the closest way you can keep someone adherent to a set of protein some protein and calories that's going to keep them like on track each day within a calorie goal then then I would choose that as an option but it's mm. not the first option but it would be the last one in terms of like okay well the very last resort 
to give you as much freedom as possible to try and keep you adherent yeah. to the plan would yeah. be that but it's definitely not the most efficient um or the most goal oriented but I, I would go for that if that was the only way I could keep them adherent obviously yeah. that's, that's better than nothing right for sure for sure and I think from a, a physique standpoint when you look at someone something you'll learn over time is with I'm sure we all know like where we sit quite nicely with carbs and fats some people are deal better with fats than they do carbs and vice versa um but say like and I, I've done this in the past because I wanted a certain thing and I was like oh, I'm going to mix it up a little bit and I took maybe a little bit of my carb so that I could have some more fats and then my physique just didn't look the same it looked a bit yeah. off and you can yeah. see it you take those before and after pictures if you do that for a couple of days your physique won't look or if you are better at dealing with fat then you'll look better but nine times out of ten if you make that switch there's a reason that your carbs and your fats are where they are mm. sure do we have time for another question or not one more okay this is a blood related question which we kind of answered but there was a question here um when is the best time of the month to get blood taken for someone that's on hrt now i'm going to assume that the question HRT means somebody who's taking I'm going to make the assumption TRT because that's what we've been talking about not okay. HRT like the hormonal patch for somebody who's maybe gone through the menopause um and this is something that we've spoken we spoke about with Luke Miller so I don't know if this is um maybe a question off the back of there but the recommendation there was to get it done try to track your cycle and get it done seven days before your bleed so that's it within your luteal phase of your cycle so avoid like ovulation it depends what the goal is here I think like mm. Olivia when we spoke to Olivia Hofsky she was like try and get it done at ovulation so we can see where your testosterone spikes we can see where your estrogen is but I think for for like us in the physique development world who want to understand where you're at at like a hormonal baseline like for the other 27 days of the month and understand where you are then seven days before your bleed, like in your luteal phase, is the best time for you to, to do that because you will have had your peaks in your testosterone. Everything will be coming back down, but it's when your um, progesterone is at its highest. So you can actually understand there if like someone's got problems with their menstrual cycle, like are they ovulating because is their progesterone rising? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, good. I think that's a, that's a good question because I think that a yeah. lot of people just go to get their blood done as a female and take no thought about when they're actually getting it done. And it makes such a yeah. huge difference to the results. Um, I had a girl who brought her blood to me and was like, oh, yeah, I had it done. I had my blood done and her testosterone like, was ridiculously high. And I was like, when did you get this done? And we worked out on her cycle. She was literally bang on ovulation. I was like, you need to get them done again. That's like, uh, so unhelpful. Like, yeah. It's not, yeah. not <laughs> literally like for 36 hours, you're ovulating, your testosterone is through the roof. I was like, that's not helpful. That's one day. <laughs> Go and get them done. <laughs> Go and get them done. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I think we've got. I mean, we're in a we're in a realm of um, of anonymous questions here. <laughs> oh, this is quite a good question. It may be quite a good one for you, Sarah. Um, when you're training, obviously, in terms of like musculature goals, someone's asked here is trying or is is training with um, some one rep maxes within your bodybuilding still something that you do um, or would be something that you do as part of your like your training goals or not? What, I don't so, know what my like answer doing, to that would be but <laughs> what doing doing one rep maxes yeah as part of your training no <laughs> I haven't one rep maxed 
in years. <laughs> like, yes, I, I do heavy work, but like, for example, um, I train, I did uh, like a phase where I did leg training three times a week, whereas we do two like isolation leg days and then one compound leg day where we would do um, a warm up and then literally two compounds. Now, these were heavy compounds and I probably worked the lowest rep range of six. Yeah. And that's that will, I won't really go any lower than that. Um, but I think there's maybe if you want to find a percentage for a lift, like I'll do 60% of your warm up max in this lift. But I, as a bodybuilder, haven't done anything like that in, in years. I just don't see its place in bodybuilding. Like I just I, I'm a very high volume based like trainer I use a lot of rep sets and I, I I have done since I can remember but I think for bodybuilding one rep max work is just it doesn't have its place yeah, yeah I would agree 100% agree it's interesting though I think people might assume that people might just yeah. assume that because of like I don't know the category I mean, it's, it's on social media isn't it you see everyone doing these one rep maxes and it's like well what's and that doing to you <laughs> great and then I've got this is probably quite a good question to finish on um when you first started out, which part of your journey did you, this is like when you first started, did you find the hardest? So was it your prep? Was it your growth or like reversing out of a prep? Like which part of the whole journey, like full cycle, do you mm. think is the the most difficult you find the most challenging? I think for the, the beginning of my journey, it was that post-show phase because I had no idea what to expect. Mm. Um, and I was just in a part of my life where I was trying to set out because I'd just come from university so like you're used to being independent used to kind of having that student lifestyle and then moving back in with my dad like I'm no re no longer really really independent I had a job at the time which didn't give me the money I needed to compete and it's just it was just coming out of post-show where you've had all this hype all this adrenaline and then not knowing exactly what to expect off the back of it that was definitely the hardest the hardest part of my beginning of my journey for sure yeah, I think, I think loads of people resonate with that yeah. to be fair mm. that unknown isn't it at the beginning yeah even like the prep itself I would like the prep itself you I say this to everyone like the first time you prep you just don't know what to expect but I definitely think that it's way easier than the post-show phase yeah I think you've got a goal haven't you and you've got a desire to get somewhere so you've got purpose every single day and you get instant gratification for when you look in the mirror and you're a little bit leaner Whereas exactly. post-show, like, especially if you don't know what you want to do again in the future or you don't have a coach who sets a goal out in front of you and, like, maps that out, you might come off stage and, like, okay, now what? And that yeah. can be really difficult, especially like, if you're the sort of person, I think, to bodybuild and prep, you're probably someone who's very goal-orientated. So to so suddenly, like, finish, finish stage and maybe not have that is yeah. um, makes it really hard for people. But it's for also, sure. like, your thyroid um, is kind of effed towards the end of a prep so it kind of works yeah. in your favor in some respects and then you come off the the back of a show and and leptin and ghrelin soars and then that works against you so it's like you're fighting this battle between your body and your head and your heart and you're like I want to eat all that shit because my body's telling me I want to eat it and actually I know it's going to taste great but I, I don't want to do that because it's going to take me further away from the goal of improvement. I'm just going to become a bit of a, a mess, you could argue. Um, and then in a prep, you're like, you, you're hungry, sure, but your metabolism slowed down. So it kind of works in your favour in the sense that you're not 
Like if your leptin and ghrelin was through the roof at the end of a prep, you'd be in trouble. Someone would have to lock you up because you you just couldn't. Yeah. It would be impossible. Imagine. Imagine the scenes. <laughs> well, it's just, just these people, of... <laughs> like two weeks out and you're like, by the way, my I completely binge. I'm like, sound. Thanks for that. Great. <laughs> well, yeah. So I guess like a good way to, I think, to finish this off, probably not a question, but I guess it's a question is like, what are you doing now then? So what is your plan for prep? Have you got a plan for when you're going to prep? What What is your, obviously the goal is to go to the Olympia, right? How, yeah, how are you going to get there? Tell everyone how you're going to get there. Yeah, so um, obviously we've got a couple of weeks of like a little bit of a tidy up and then uh, we'll do last phase of growth. Um, and then we start prep April 29th. And um, we're going to go for Texas this year because um texas last year was obviously sarah was miss olympia last year and texas was her show so the prize fund even though we don't do it for money the prize fund for texas is is one of the best i think it's like 15 grand for first place which is unheard of in women's sport so <laughs> so it was nice yeah. nice to go and see if i can you know get a little bit of cash to pay for the flights out there and stuff like that because it's you know even like we said I, I don't need this for money it's good to be able to pay a little bit into no but you've got to compete flight. to get to the olympia right so you might as well choose that's show it i get paid exactly. for exactly yeah exactly so uh and it also gives me a chance to possibly meet her and just make a few contacts that i think are very important in moving up in the industry um so from texas hopefully if things go well and i qualify for you there we'll cut it we'll cut prep and then we'll just kind of have a like we'll bring calories up, have a little bit of a phase before we dwell back into Olympia prep. Because I think the Olympia is in November this year, uh, nice. and it's in it's not in Las Vegas anymore. It's in Orlando. Yeah. So if things go well in Texas, that'll be the plan. If things don't go well in Texas, then we go to Alicante and do the Alicante show. Um, hopefully, call there. But if things really hit the fan, then we'll go to Alicante and then we'll go to Romania and try and qualify that way. And uh, yeah, that's that's the plans. Um, obviously, long term goal is to get to that O. But personally, for me at the moment is I'm really trying to create a community for bigger girls in the UK. Like, obviously, I have my own podcast with Romana Scottson, who's a, who's making her WPD debut this year. And it's just trying to create a community for the, the bigger girls in, in the UK to come out, learn how to pose, because I don't really think there's any WPD poses in the UK at the moment. Um, so we're just trying to develop that community, trying to make people understand how beautiful of a category it really is. And, you know, it, that's one of my main focuses is to get to there and just create that community where women can be like, you know what, it's actually really badass to be a bigger girl with confidence who can just get on stage and rock the shit out of it. So that's that's what I want to do, really, is just get girls to realise how cool we are. <laughs> Well, that is that. one hell of a note to end on. Um, yeah. I'm a massive, massive fan of women's um, physique and figure and women's bodybuilding and every class. Um, I just, I love seeing women thrive in it. I love seeing that muscular physique. I love watching the effort that goes into it. Um, and like even being in the gym with Mads the other day, I was like, I thought I was big. <laughs> What a mistake to make her. She's standing next to me with like massive legs and these glutes for days and like her shoulders and like chest. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm so small. The chest is a real pattern. I saw that split. Don't even talk to me about tits. I saw the chest split. Um, oh, we've just frozen on that note. Oh, there we go. I said I saw the chest split. It wasn't just all tits. Um, Too kind, mate. But... <laughs> 
but yeah I'd, I'd love seeing women thrive so I'm I'll fully back that mission all the way I think Mads is, you feel the same 100% I'm a massive fan I'm just a little bit jealous actually <laughs> How come? What, just because of the um, community? That... Just, no, no, just because of the amount of muscle that you've got. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just go to the gym occasionally, you know. Yeah, I just go to the gym, <laughs> eat 650 grams of carbs in my off-season, you know, light work. It is mad, though, like, it, I was saying to someone the other day, I don't, you don't realise, like, how big you are until you speak to other people in the industry like there was someone who I think it was like a young lady who was like five foot seven five foot eight and she was like I don't know, 65 kilos and then I look at me and I'm like oh Jesus like I'm so small yet so heavy like how does that like it just makes you realize how big you are like I look mm-hmm. in the mirror and I'm like oh just I just need a little bit here and there you know whereas like if you compare yourself to other people you're like actually I'm quite large <laughs> you're massive you're, you're one thanks mate yeah. you are wham, you are wham. <laughs> it's funny when people come up to people and they're like can I can I call you big like is that okay and I'm like I'd rather you call me big hun than skinny <laughs> yeah at my yeah. Uh, at my work they've learned to say things like massive huge wham hench never call me small like just <laughs> not even if I'm dieting and I look terminal just don't don't call me small always call yeah. me wham exactly I like that. Wham. That's good. Wham. Um, on that note, if anyone wants to find pictures of your wham physique, where can they find you, Zara? It's a small but mighty 20. And oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, Everyone been... was like, why haven't you changed it to IFBB Pro Sarah Bradley? And I was like, because small but mighty lives on. Like, I can't, I can't change that. Someone was like, why don't you change it to small but roided? And I was like, I can't do that either. Like, <laughs> it's not it's not the same <laughs> people just they've they've just not read the room have they at all <laughs> no, not exactly. read the room i am small <laughs> yeah. but mighty why would i change that yeah exactly and even small tom was not... like can you, are you gonna change it and i was like no because i like it and it's people know me as small but mighty they don't know me as anything else so yeah <laughs> if someone ever says to me you're small but mighty i'm like no no and i think of you straight away i'm like no no <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no, not not really. <laughs> Let's yeah, stick with the pocket it. rocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Um, as I say, I've loved this episode. Thank you for your time. Uh, time yeah, is you. one thing that we can't buy. So when someone's willing to give it up, it means a lot. Um, oh, thank you. No, thank you both for being able to put out a little bit more information on women's health because as you both know, it's very close to my heart and it's something that more women need to speak about. So thank you for doing that and putting it out on your platforms you're welcome right see you later thank you everyone for listening catch you on the next episode